What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick's Mind. Today with me, I have a dear friend, Scott Perdue. I've lived with this guy, uh, and he's just one of my dearest friends. So welcome to the show, Scott. Thanks, Rick. Good to be here. Dude, this is uh, the second iteration of the podcast, right? Like the first one I had you on, it was, God, that was... It was years ago, dude, and I remember we were in. Uh, I think that was a it was a weird time in both our lives. There's a lot of uncertainty. I think I was uh, I was couch surfing that summer, and uh, I had you. In, I was staying at some some one of my buddy's apartments, and we had this room, and we got fucking annihilated. We got so high, and then we <laughs> recorded some podcast. Were you living in Texas at that time? Yeah, I, was, I couldn't remember if I was in Medford or Texas, but I think I flew in for a week. Mm -hmm. uh, I came straight to Corvallis to record that with you. And yeah, it was a strange time of life. It was, dude, it was, it was a strange time of life, dude. So, like, you have... We've, there's so many weird memories of that that period of time and and they, they weren't ideal for me because let's see at that point in time i was homeless by choice which which was was interesting because i didn't want to pay rent for the summer i didn't want to move home with my parents so i was just kind of living out of the back of a truck and then <laughs> couch surfing and then um i what yeah, I didn't have a job for a while either. I was just doing like I was just like this drifter handyman guy, and uh, yeah, that's right. Oh God, that's right. I was painting. How fuck that? That was the one time I really struggled. One of my coworkers was like, "Oh, you got to paint this way." That I was listening to Tim Ferriss a lot at that time. I looked and was like, "I don't want to get good at this, dude." Like, and he's like, "Whoa, that's deep." I was like, "Yeah, I don't want like you can make." pretty decent money painting houses and i'm not trying to get trapped in that reality so no you can, you can move up quick but that's capped at like not very much you could start like, your own painting company like you can go zero to twenty thousand, and then you know <laughs> plateau from there plateau, yeah. which, is lot, which is a lot when you're you know living out of a truck it, yeah it is yeah. dude but you had bigger dreams than mine yeah, yeah, that's that's true, man. So, like, I mean, you're kind of in a you know bit of a, a transition period right now, and I was wondering, like, how do you? And we don't have to talk too much about it, but like, how do you? How are you dealing with your this like weird transition in your life? You just you're engaged and like you're entering this next chapter. So, what are some of the things that you do to get through the day? <laughs> Good question. Yeah, I'm a. Been working at the same company for six years, and I'm about to make a change, probably next month. Um, but I'm really just excited because the company I'm at, I've been there for so long, and it's just like I've thought about leaving for the last five years <laughs> <laughs> periodically. And so, like now that there's actually a new opportunity that's real, and it's not just oh, I could go apply for jobs. It's like here's a job that is mine if I want it. I can leave. I'm free basically. And so I'm just super pumped right now um, to make a change because, <laughs> like I said, it's kind of I've felt stagnant in the last couple of years as far as like room for growth personally in my career and whatever. And it's like it's a good gig and I work from home and don't have to work too hard. But it's like that's not kind of like painting houses. You know, you can get to a certain point and live, you know, 
fairly comfortably, but then you're stuck unless you, you know, hire a bunch of people, but then that brings its own problems. But so, um, but I guess my issue right now is like, I'm still working for this company. So I'm like trying to just not screw around all day. <laughs> and, uh, that's been, I guess that's been the challenge. Yeah, man. With, <clears throat> and I, I find myself in similar, like a similar place is I just turned 30 and there's a lot of upcoming like expenses and life changes. And you kind of, I'm kind of at that point in time where it's like this, for example, this is a first 4th of July that I didn't absolutely get annihilated. I deep cleaned my house and had a few beers and went to bed early. And I was like, is this 30? Like, is this what this is? Is this me being an old man? Finally, is it <clears throat> deciding not to borrow too much happiness but by the way there is a cheat code to that if you are drink if you do get drunk go to the gym your hangover will be gone by the time you're out of there but um or go for a run or go for a run yeah we're going to talk about that too um but like you know what is it that i want to do it's i feel like i have a lot of time still like that's the one thing that i've always been amazed by gary v is he oops he's been burping shouldn't have drank that bubbly <laughs> but um he pops into my feed I, I swear it's some sort of divine intervention every time i'm feeling like a little sorry for myself woe is me he'll pop into my feed and he's like you guys ever hear about warner media or whatever that failed this failed this is a game life's a fucking game and you know what i lose a lot i just don't give a fuck and i was like yes yes it's never too late to start it's never too late to to chase those dreams but i i, I do feel like i'm at that it's time to shit or get off the pot. I'm, I'm 30 years old, God damn it. And what am I going to do with the, with the next 30 years? They're going to be the best years of my life. But, you know, in 30 more years, I'll be 60 years old, full of fucking exogenous steroids and, and stuff <laughs> and just huge. But, you know, those things. <laughs> other than that, like, am I going to be rich? Am I going to be happy? Am I going to be depressed? Like, what's going on here? I don't know. But, I'm definitely going to do steroids this decade, though, which I'm super pumped about. <laughs> it's for another show. I won't. I don't have much to talk about about the gym, like some of the other guests. But yeah, and I was I was reading a uh, this book on Lewis and Clark a year or two ago, and they made it to like I don't know if they're in Montana or Idaho, but they like made it almost all the way across the country, like the first like you know white men to make it like that far. And he wrote in his journal, he's like, I'm turning 30 tomorrow and I feel like I'm a failure at life. He's like, I feel like I haven't done anything. And this is like this guy that like did something it's like unimaginable, just going, taking a group of dudes and going into uncharted lands. Yeah. In the like uninhabited US or other than Native Americans. But so he thought, like, I remember reading that. I was like, oh, shoot. Like, I'm like, I was like 28 when I read it. I was like, oh, no, what if I done? I don't know. I'm 30. It's freaking Lewis and Clark feel that way. So I think everyone, it's kind of weird. I feel like what I turned 27, and that was, that was like turning 30 for most people. Most people around, I know, I like, turned 30, and like, oh, no, I'm getting old. But whatever, for whatever reason, I turned 27, and I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm in my late 20s. Like, that was kind of the year that I kind of like, 
I don't know, put my youth behind me a little bit. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. let's move forward now. But yeah, it's, it's fun times. It is. What, what was the name of this book? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> if you look up like Lewis, like best Lewis and Clark books on Reddit or something, it'll be up there. DeMarco DeMarco's on it right now. I could see I could see the gears turning. Um I I definitely want to. I've been you got to read A Land So Strange. I think I was telling you about that book on the phone. Oh, you got it. Was it <clears throat> Sorry, was it Undaunted Courage for a First Time Introduction? Yes, that was it. There he's. Okay, Dude, perfect. he's fucking good, man. <laughs> My Google foo was strong. Uh, yeah, do you want do you want to put do you want to put that in the show notes yeah, so I can remember that? Definitely. Nice. That's a great book. <clears throat> and apparently there's like a book they some they collected like the, the journals of Lewis and Clark and you can just like read their journal entries, but that that might be for when I'm retired, but, um, but there's a couple of little tidbits. Apparently there's a couple places in Idaho where it's like in the middle of the Bitterroot mountains. And there's like this trail up to the top of this little peak. And, um, they say it's like today it's like, like it was when Lewis and Clark did their expedition. Like it's completely untouched. Like, you know, most of the trail is de- uh, has been developed and whatnot, but like, mm-hmm. there's still a couple spots where it's like complete wilderness and you can see it, how they saw it. You know, the, oh, the yeah. Yeah. We were, I think, <clears throat> and I'll share this with the pod, but we were just talking about that when I, cause I, I just got for the listeners, I just got back from a trip uh, from Charlotte, North Carolina. I drove a car out to Virginia and then to, uh, Tennessee to visit my parents and the wilderness out there because my parents live on the edge of the Cherokee national forest. And it's, it's, it's a lot like the Pacific Northwest, but just completely different trees, very wooded. And I just can't imagine the people arriving on the East coast, Charles in the, in the Carolinas and in the Virginia coastline and looking at the massive forest for the first time like that to me that I kept thinking that when I was there them just trying to forge a life and they've got to deal with hostile not necessarily always hostile but they've got to deal with these peoples that have been there for thousands of years that hate them and you know I just it's so crazy how this country was stolen and built and so many <clears throat> This I I love I've just bought that book by the way too I bought it on Audible I'm, it's 21 hours of probably pure excellence so I'm jacked but uh, I I can't the settling that that era I, I gotta actually have another question for you do you think you're suited for the times that you're living in hmm good question um, I guess I mean it like suited as in like this is the best time for me or like, <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. is this the best time? Cause I have a friend, uh, named Zach Utley. He's in the army. And if it wasn't for the army, homie would be in prison. He's just a fucking, in another age, he was a dude on a horse with a battle ax killing people. And he's like, I got to join the army, man. Like he was crazy. <laughs> he was crazy. Do you got deployed? Called me. He's like, I'm having the best time of my fucking life. Like, You're in a war zone, man. <laughs> He's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, do you think you're suited for the times you live in? Um, I think I would have done better in like the Garden of Eden. <laughs> 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 That's, I'm happy the best spot. So you would have just been. You would have been Adam. You would have been Adam. You would have given. You would have been. <laughs> 
uh, Eve and Scott. <laughs> Scott and Eve. Yeah. Here, here, Eve, take my rib, baby. What up? Yeah. No, I don't know. I, could, I, you know, I'd love to say, oh yeah, like I would love to live back in the frontier days when, you know, because I, I want to, you know, build my own cabin someday, and I'm, you know, interested in gardening and foraging and living off the land and being more self-reliant, but also, <laughs> it's a way harder life. So, I, I wouldn't like give up. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say, but I feel like. I, if I was born like 20 years earlier, I feel like it'd be good. You think so? Or if I was like, you know, in my 20s, in the 70s, 60s, 70s, like hippie times. That would, yeah, that would have been cool. That probably, I'd fit, fit in there better, but. Or just like, I feel like the things I'm getting into, like now they've become like really mainstream, like hunting. Now it's like, there's people get famous, for, like make millions of dollars for being a hunter, like trail running, like ultra marathons, like in the nineties, you know, like 200 people in the world did it. Now it's like this big, um, kind of mainstream like sport now. So I feel like yeah, I missed my peak, but as far as like getting into stuff at the right time, cause now it's like, yeah, a lot of people have gotten into it. So, but I don't so I'm going to I I'm going to agree and then also disagree with you a little bit there. I think that I don't think that I don't think ultra marathon running is mainstream per se. I still think there's a lot of weird ass people that do that. I think there's more of them. I but I also think that the same amount of people that would be ultra marathon runners there's always been that same amount of weirdos that do that sport. It's just now those weirdos are like, oh, I can compete against other people that are just as crazy as I am. And that's because of the internet and the, you know, increased interconnectivity. Uh, and so, but I mean, I don't know, because there's always been like the runner's world magazine and pull that up. See when that came out, that's probably came out. Trail in the 70s. Trail yeah. Runner. Let's trail runner. Let's see. Let's see where trail runner I'm trying to see like when it started. Yeah, that's. I'm trying to see when this sickness started and infected. <laughs> I know it was like the, population. It was like the 60s. Uh, 66 is when Runner's World started. Okay, so that was in the, so yeah. I mean, I guess if you're right though, if you'd have been born in the 60s, you would have been like, a oh, shit. Who knows? Maybe you'd have been friends with Prefontaine. Maybe. Who knows? I ran on this trail the other day. You did? I didn't know you had a trail. Yeah, they just like a little. Um... Like a bark dust or bark, bark mulch trail along the river. Uh, it was it, it was named after him. He never ran on it. Oh. That's <laughs> <laughs> not, not that cool. I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> he never ran on it. <laughs> Douchebag. No, just kidding. Like, yeah. He's too good to run these trails, I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, no, he Prefontaine was an interesting character. He, um, I read a lot about him in Shoe Dog, which is Phil Knight's book, and I recommend that's a that's a fucking great book. But uh, and it, it was it's he he was a very interesting character, and I'm sure there's probably books published about him. But I'm not super into to running per se. I but I have learned running is running is a great teacher. It is it it. it you know, it took me. The, I understand the runner's high. I get it. Uh, I have this uh, hill by my house called the Death Hill that I run, 
and I hate it. And I started out by walking it. And then, you know, I think about a month or two, I was, this was the first time I actually made it all the way up the, the, that son of a bitch, but <clears throat> it just taught me never to give up and to keep chipping away. And that eventually your body will adapt. But the problem running is just so unpleasurable for me. Like it sucks. Like, does it ever stop sucking Scott? Like that's what I need to know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I think everyone has their thing. Like, running to you is probably like going to the gym for me, or it's like, I don't, it's not fun for me to go lift weights in the gym, you know? Whereas for you, you love it. Like, that's your spot. Mm -hmm. Or I love, I like, I enjoy running, you know? And so, like, there's obviously days where you don't want to run and whatnot, or it's harder, harder than others, but I don't know. I enjoy it. But yeah, Hills. I was just thinking, um, like if you just run on flats, like most people do, it's like, Oh, I've run two miles this week. And then I, Oh, I ran a little bit farther. And it's like, people kind of stop like, Oh, I ran six miles. That's good. You know, that's long enough. So you, you don't get that like incremental improvements like, or, uh, yeah, improvement. And so, you know, just like, Oh, now I'm just running six miles all the time, but Hills, you can really see an improvement where it's like, Oh, I had to stop halfway up or, Oh, I, you know, had to run as slow as possible where I, you know, might as well have been walking, but you know, you see, and like the quickest way in shape is to, to get in shape is to run hills. I found that out a few years ago. I, I would agree. And I also want to uh, reiterate that I do run as slow as humanly possible to get up this bastard. And that, when that was the biggest thing, like that was the, the biggest lesson for me is like, you're not a stud at this. Like, you you can't what really the straw that broke the camel's back is when my girlfriend beat me up the hill she never stopped and i was smoking her it's around like 3.8 miles uh there and back and i've smoked her on the flat i run I'm probably like a eight seven minute pace it's not super fast but you know i'm booking it and then i start climbing this hill and I like to stop at the base of the death hill and take a few, take a few breaths, probably like a minute or two rest. And then she comes like, as I'm chilling and just looks at me and keeps jogging. I was like, you busy, no way. And then she keeps going and I can't catch her. Cause I, I was devastated. And I was like, well, I, well, I blew myself out. I, 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 I passed her. And then I was like, oh, I'm dying. And <laughs> I had to stop. <laughs> and then she just keeps on this real slow pace. And I was like, okay, like this can't happen again. Like I'm going to have to slow things down. Mm -hmm. I mean, it did happen again. I'm not going to lie. But she's, I outweigh her by like 100 pounds. So that's my excuse. But um, <clears throat> yeah, man, it's, it's, it, what, what, I, what I thought though when I finally ran up it with just real slow pace, I was like, I'm a baby at this. Like I haven't even scratched the surface of running and I'm trying to walk before I can crawl. And there's so many things that I don't understand. It's, it's hard for me. Like I still haven't even gotten it to where I, I still don't understand pacing really. Like it's just not really from my perspective of a lifter. I'm, I want like power and speed and, and I honestly, I'm honestly running so fast because I just wanted to get it over with, and I don't want to, I don't want to be running, and um, that's, I think that's a great lesson. But I mean, some of the other lessons I learned, like 
the great thing about the way I run is always outside is I love to run in the rain. Yeah. I love to run even like just after a rainstorm or like this, this is something <clears throat> that I loved about the 75 hard is like, it really teaches you that the seasons are somewhat of a myth, right? Like, um, like, yeah, it is winter, but it, it, it not like an organ. It's not necessarily raining all day. Like there's sometimes like a 45 to maybe even as long as like a two hour window where it's just overcast and not raining. And then you can get out and get stuff done. You can go on a hike and get, you might get a little wet at the end of the hike, but like you can get shit done year round. You can be outside and out doing stuff. And I feel like we lose that. We've lost that connection, like living in houses. Like people are just like, oh, it's trashy outside. I'm just going to sit and watch Netflix all day. Well, that's kind of bullshit, man. Like it is, maybe it's a little shitty in the morning, but in the afternoon, the rain might subside. You might be able to get outside, get a walk in, you know, like, and we just kind of, we miss that. Like we miss that. That's something that I feel like we're not as in tune with because we can just hide in our man-made shelters. Yeah, man. I was telling you about that Josh Waitskin guy. He's like this chess prodigy that's like, he's like played 45 different people at once and just like beat them all. Like just create like crazy dude. But he was saying he had a son and he was saying kind of similar train of thought that like, Oh, you know, a lot of people, he noticed it with other parents were like, Oh, it's, you know, crap. It's raining. And they say, Oh, it's crappy out there. Or, it's a bad, there's bad weather out there. Or even on a sunny day, it's like, Oh, it's nice outside. Let's go outside. But he did the opposite where he's like, like no matter what, he, like especially if it's raining or storming, he would like take his son outside. Like, let's go play in the storm. Let's go jump in mud puddles. Like it's beautiful. And and then like once he got older and could talk, he's like, "Dad, look, it's a beautiful rainy day outside." And it's just like such. That's how I've uh, tried to look at things. Like I hate that when people are like, "Oh, it's just crappy out there." If it's raining, it's like that's such a just awful mindset to have and just like, it, it, being controlled by what the weather's doing. Like talk about like something <clears throat> out of our control. Mm -hmm. like, believe in like geoengineering and <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, you trying to turn this, are you trying to turn this into a bummer cast right now? <laughs> geoengineering. No. no, like it's so far out of our control, but like people's whole days are like based on their you know what the weather's doing instead of like yeah f finding a break in the storm or like oh screw it it's raining but i can go for a run whatever yeah. that's one thing that like uh you know when i started this relationship that i'm in it was like i really want to do shit during the winter time like that's not an excuse to just stay in the house and get fat and watch TV. Like uh, we're hikers. Like we like to get out in the outdoors. We were going to go winter camp. I'm not going to, we did bitch out on that and I'm not proud, but um, <clears throat> I, I definitely am into um, doing stuff in, in the winter. And I mean, winter hikes are the best and so is winter camping because no one's there. Mm -hmm. You have everything all to yourself. And um yeah, for folks listening, you stay inside, okay? This is my time. <laughs> if you're in Oregon, it's a good time to move away. It is. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Before I forget, I had a running story. Um, let me go back to weather, but um, winter, winter camping. But I had, a, I had a story that you running up the hill and your girlfriend passing you reminded me of. But last year, I was training for like a half marathon um, 
trail run the in bend and uh like i had i ran a marathon that year and i was like training for this trail run and thought i was in good shape and i was just going i was going for like a nice run like six miles or whatever and i'm running on this path and then all of a sudden this guy with no shirt like board shorts and flip-flops and he was just cruising past me like it was nothing and he was just like flying right by me just you know mouthless clothes just so relaxed and i was like oh shit i'm not in shape i have a long <laughs> ways to go like it's those moments are good because they like <laughs> they can be defeating but like they're good to remind you like oh i have a lot of room for improvement i still i still gotta work hard but do a hundred percent on that but i also yeah you signed up for what is it 50k yeah but how how many what, how long is that miles? Is that it's like, like what thirty one miles? Thirty one miles in a marathon. And then you're gonna do the Western States one hundred, correct? Uh, that's the goal. That's like the the long term goal. And when when is that getting done? Um, so that race is in June every year, and you have to you have to run a fifty or a hundred k or a hundred mile, I believe. There's some fifty mile races, but there's like qualifying runs you have to do and like you have to run you know 100k in 17 hours or less and then you're qualified to like get into the lottery for the western states and so my goal is to next year do the qualifying race and then be eligible in two years but yeah i've got into running recently and it turns out that like i'm competitive in running like i've i did a race 10k a couple years ago and i was like I wanted to win the thing, even though I was you know, far from the, the lead. But I was like, I've never been competitive in my life. Like, played baseball and golf, and like played baseball in high school. And I was just like, I didn't care if we won. Like, I cared if I got a hit or made a good play. But it's like, I don't give a shit. Like, mm -hmm. I've never been competitive. And then all of a sudden, I you know do this running, and I'm good at it. And I'm like, oh, I want to win a race or you know get better so I can you know work my way up the pack. So I did the 10K, and soon after, I was like, ooh, half marathon. And then as soon as I crossed the finish line on the half marathon, I was like, I want to do a marathon. And then, like, the day or two after the marathon, I was like, I want to do a 50K. So the day right after, I was like, I don't want to run for another three months. But And then I just kind of – I've been scared. Like, where, when does this stop? Like, does it stop at 50K? Does it stop at the, like, Moab 240, like, <laughs> multi-day race? Like – but I feel like, like it's something I want. Like running a hundred mile race. Like I know I'm gonna want to after I jump up in distance. And so, oh yeah. Well, if you do the Moab 240, I'm going. No. <laughs> that's, dude, that's, st stop being a little bitch, that's a, dude. That's, 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 a, that's like a different sport. Like hundred mile. Like then there's the 200 mile. I probably. I don't know the Bigfoot 200 up in Washington, like to the Cascades. Yeah, dude, that'd be beautiful, dude. That's and that's not even that far, dude. It's just 200 <laughs> miles. Okay, it's, it's like six. It's only like seven times farther than I've ever ran. Listen, I've ran. ran trust me, I've ran Stop a half it, Rick. marathon. No, I'm sorry, I'm breaking in. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Thanks, John. Just, just hear me out. Listen to me. <laughs> I've ran a half marathon. Okay, okay yeah, it right. wasn't that bad. Allegedly, okay? uh, no, I definitely ran <laughs> it. You true. were there. You were there. I, I ran that. Th well, what do you mean? 
Allegedly. No, you ran the 10K. I, I ran the half marathon and broke my leg. You did. I almost you beat you. Me. Wait, so you didn't <laughs> even do the half marathon? No, no, no. I did the half marathon. To, it's, the, it's called the Holland Aspen in Bend. Okay. And I did the half marathon, I think, like four or five years ago. I did a and 5K was, in Bend, and it sucked more than the two half marathons that I ran <laughs> here. Oh, dude, trust me. It sucks. The elevation is here's, way here, you higher know than the, you remember it being. <laughs> do you want to know? You guys want to know the kicker to this? Sure. The first half marathon? Your boy was hung over. <laughs> I've tied course. one on. Yeah, I tied one on with my buddy Travis the night before. He didn't run the race, and I did. And uh, when I showed up at the first aid station to get some of those, like, uh, gel pack thing, I don't know, those honey stingers, whatever they're called. Uh, he's like, sounds like, it smells like someone had a good night. And it's like, fuck, I'm dying, dude. I'm dying. <laughs> the, so first race, the first race that I ran, I had to like walk the last two miles, two or three miles. Second time I was able to run the whole thing. But Nice. Well, I didn't run the whole See, half marathon. I finished it. Incremental improvement. Like, I don't know. That I'm, trying, I'm trying desperately to get back to that shape because I, I – really i really love running like anywhere between like five and seven miles because you can like really zone out and just go zen and i mm -hmm. had a great time running half marathon i've just been i had COVID a couple years ago so it fucked my lungs up pretty bad so i'm kind of still coming back from that Bummer. we're COVID deniers to marker we don't believe you i'm just kidding <laughs> 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 no man I, I i definitely think you should do the bigfoot 200 i think you should do the, the moab 240 and then isn't there a race in the sahara oh probably no there's one in like the middle east that goes through the desert i was reading some guy like almost died it got caught in a sandstorm and mm -hmm. lost the pack and like had to found this little shelter and was like eating bats and uh, to stay alive, and then there is a marathon in uh, <laughs> through crazy. the Sahara. It's the Marathon de Sables. It's a hundred and fifty-six day, hundred and fifty-six mile marathon. Dog, you've got this. Don't even worry about it, Scott. I want you to run that one too. There's like there's crazy people that just like I'm going to sign up for a fifty k. I've never ran a race before, but I'm like you know step by step. So I would probably be in the first category of like, you know what? I could fucking do this, dude. I could totally run a 50K. I would never do that. But another version of me would be that guy. And then he probably wouldn't finish the race. <laughs> well, you kind of, with the half marathon, you kind of just jumped into that. Yeah, that was stupid, dude. That was the worst decision I've ever made. I was in, I, dude. You saw me that night. I could barely walk. I was in so much pain. And then I went to the Ben Brew Festival after that. Yeah. And those wild times, man. Wild mm -hmm. times. But yeah, that was pretty. I, I, I thought that I'd retired from running, but I have done a few more races. I, I'm kind of worried. Um, I feel like Jen could be a little runner. I'm trying to hope I'm, I'm encouraging the weightlifting, but she seems to love running. A lot. And, she, you know, she's a white girl, so she's trying to get me to paddleboard, and I've, I've just told her that I'm not interested. <laughs> Water sports. Uh, yeah, fuck that, dude. I'm, I'm anti a boat. I'm a boat. I'm a more of a boat guy, Fish you know? Yes, exactly. But I, I've never, I don't understand the paddleboard kayaking obsession out west. Like, it's like, 
Fuck that. It does not seem fun to, to me at all. Well, if you don't have a fishing boat, then it's like the next best way to get on the water. Yeah. Yeah. You get one of those like paddle, the foot paddle ones. Or the yeah, paddle, no. Paddle board, uh, no. Kayaks. No, I've, I've paddle in those. <laughs> you, yeah, can. you can yeah. you can I, I think i'd rather have an engine though that's just me yeah but then you got to deal with having a boat and buying it you have to buy a truck and a trailer and a boat and maintenance and blah blah blah, blah, blah. yeah that's just it's a, that all sounds a lot better than the paddleboard uh, listen i to be fair i have paddleboarded before no not the paddleboard the pedal like the kayak i'm not, I'm not gonna get that no, that's stupid. I, that's, that's like the stepping stone to the boat, though. Like, instead of like going ten years and then buying a boat, it's like you buy that and use that until you have a boat. That's true. Well, I'm probably not going to get a boat because that's a <laughs> giant money pit. I'm just going to stay. I'm a shore fisherman. I think that's good. I'll just fish from shore. It'll be delightful. But I have paddleboarded. I've been on kayaks. Uh, it was delightful. But I have, too, dude, I have too many hobbies, man. I got too much shit that I'm always trying to do. I got a podcast, a blog that I need to write for. I go, I, I, we go, we, you're in my hunting party. So that's, that's more money. You know, I fish, clam. I'm not very good at foraging, but I would like to do that. I hike, camp. Like, I got too much shit. I can't add any more stuff. At least five of those things, like a kayak, would just be like supplemental to. Stop trying to talk me into hey, this. Kayak, you know what? My dad's a kayaker. It's a pretty good time. I've been canoeing. That's fun. Ooh. Canoeing? No. Canoe, canoes are fuck, scary. No. Canoes are a good time. See, that's why they're fun, is because you can flip no. over at any moment. You never know. Oh, that's no. right. You gotta be on your toes. It's keeping the variety alive while on your river. <laughs> Dude, I just, now that I've just found out you're into canoeing, you've just you've just been demoted from the podcast, dude. Oh, I fucking hate canoeing. <laughs> I do not like canoes at all. No. They're terrible. They're too, yeah. I was with Cody. I've been once, and we had, like, rules, like, no sudden movements <laughs> and no overcorrecting. You do those. <laughs> those are, like, the two foundations of canoeing. If you do those, you're good. That's true. That is true. Uh, have you guys ever, uh, Scott, have you ever tried like uh, water skiing? No. I have. It was a terrible time. I, I don't <laughs> think I could get up. I, or I did for a little bit. And then I immediately went back down. It's yeah. awful. No, I, I've never like, I've never had a need for speed. Like I've always, I like backpacking and fishing and like hiking and houseboating like i don't like speed boats i don't like dirt like i was never into dirt bikes like mud and whatever like i was i've never been to like the more extreme sports it's like running jogging <laughs> walking through the woods you know <laughs> i i am a fan of uh dirt biking i used to i had one when i was a kid and to me there's nothing like riding a dirt bike on like a d like dusk it's the best. It's the best. Some of my greatest are just flying in my CR80, like around my property, just wreaking havoc. <laughs> in, but I never did crash, knock on wood. Like, or I did, I did crash, but it was never that bad. I never like broke anything, thank God. I, I wasn't like super risky. Like, I had a, a buddy of mine, Craig, he used to race and he is always broke shit dude oh, he's yeah. like broke his both of his arms his leg and 
I was like, I, no, it's not same. I have the same problem with skateboarding. I've always wanted to be a, like a little long. I always wanted a skateboard or longboard, but when I got one and I hit my shin, I was like, yeah, this isn't for me, dog. Like this, this, that fucking hurt. I'm out. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like, I'm sure I'd have a blast like wakeboarding and riding dirt bikes or whatever, but it's just like not something that I, it's not been like a hobby that like, you know, I, friends go out, you know, I'll go with them, but mm -hmm. uh I had a longboard back in college. It's a good way to get around. Okay. I don't like the big hills though, because I crash on a hill. <laughs> like the first, like right when I like the week I bought it, I went like I went on a long ride, like two miles out, and then there's mm -hmm. this hill, and I went up the hill, went down it, and got speed wobbles, just fell face first, and skin like <laughs> hands and legs, and then they walked like the two miles home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how long did it take you to get back on it oh i don't oh i got back on it i just i, I worked my way back up to the hills yeah. i never crashed like just going on you know down the street or whatever did you but, skateboard because longboard i wanted to buy one i was like dude i am gonna fall like i'm not i just i just bought a bike instead but did you skateboard or just pick <laughs> it up i bought when i was in like Elementary school or middle school, I bought like a Walmart skateboard for like 20 bucks. <laughs> I was riding it one day, and then like these two kids from the school who are like skateboarders with like the legit skateboards, like Spitfire wheels and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Hey, what kind of board you got? And I was like, I got it at Walmart. And they just like, made fun of me. <laughs> that was the end of my skateboarding career. <laughs> and then I got, one, I got the longboard in college, just kind of transportation, you know, get to campus and whatnot yeah i had a bike and i never i barely rode that bitch i never i i like the only time i rode it is if i was going to be late otherwise i just walked everywhere which uh i'm you know i was uh <clears throat> college was good times man it was it's it's weird to think back on it because those were some of the darkest and best times of mm -hmm. my life like it was super cool that you could just get like annihilated on a wednesday and nobody cared you can't do that now. I mean, you can. I did that right shortly after. Yeah, it's way less fun. There's more consequences to life now than there were when you were a kid. Yeah. It's like I, on a road trip to Arizona, we like stayed up, drove through the night, and we just like <laughs> took us days to recover. And it's like, we're, we're not 21 anymore. <laughs> you can't just stay up all night and drink all weekend and be good you know yeah yeah i mean shit when we drove to texas or no when we drove down to california for that concert back mm -hmm. in the day uh, we just it was feared by pot and adderall just <laughs> down the i-5 corridor no no sleeping just like yes we gotta get there it's gonna be awesome uh-huh uh, i would not do that now no can't no which is kind of sad yeah but not really you know, I'm it's, just. It's sad if like you never did that. And you're like, man, I wish I should have taken that trip. You know, but yeah, yeah. Time, so. We would just fly now. I would just <laughs> <Right>. fly. To... <laughs> yeah. Nice hotel. yeah, yeah. That's that's what I would do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We did. <laughs> we have money for a hotel. We're fucking doing this in one shot. <laughs> The first, where was the first place we went when we got settled to a bar? <laughs> we went to a bar and then uh, we ended up for the listeners, we ended up waking up 
in somebody else's car. It's like we, we because we slept in our car that night. <laughs> or we actually didn't sleep. But we, we, we drove down in a Dodge Charger. And then we woke up in a Toyota Camry that was parked <laughs> next to color. our yeah the same color car. That's how That's drunk cool. we were. I think we got up to go. The only and I don't know how. The only thing I can think of is I had to pee, <laughs> and I got up and peed, and then went into the other car. And then you got up and peed, and then just just crashed in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. God don't damn, know we, we were wild back then. <laughs> Absolutely wild. <laughs> Uh, those were the the best the best days <laughs> our, our buddy he like it's like knocking on the windows like what are you guys doing like what we're sleeping <laughs> like what are you talking about why are you waking us up <laughs> and he's like what this isn't our car like, what are you doing <laughs> what it's it's what, fucking, what do you mean this isn't our car we've been here all night <laughs> i've been asleep since we drove home <laughs> Uh, but the, actually, this is a pivotal moment, though, because that it was at this. Um, <laughs> this was the real. This is a, our moment of realization when we stopped telling people. We stopped telling the lies about Oregon and how great it was, and started telling them the truth of how terrible of a state it is to live in. That yeah, was we felt that bad. Was, we felt bad. We've been lying to people all our life and telling them that it was a great place to live, and it's terrible. So. That was yeah, we the just, trip. We're just jealous that they live in a better state, so we want mm -hmm. to move here to find out. Yeah, but, suffering and pain and exactly poor quality and mm -hmm. the the hills, the hills, Mount Mount Hood should be called Hill Hood. The Midwest has far superior mountains than we do out west. <laughs> so. well, it's fun to look at, but when you go up there, it's not snow; it's just trash bags everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> It looks beautiful when you're far away, but yeah, it's just it's a and there's toxic waste and they're actually. Did you hear that they found oil? Uh, so they're going to actually excavate Mount Hood. So it, it's not even a mountain, but it'll be, it'll just be compacted. And then also, I hear that St. Helens is about to erupt, and we're probably all going to die. And there's a tsunami coming. So just stay out, stay out, stay away. It's dangerous. This this podcast is going to be mobile though, because I am moving to New Mexico. Do you know that? Is that for sure? Is that actually happening now? Uh, we're about eighty five percent sure. Oh, that hey. I'm out. Nice, nice. Where where to? Uh probably Santa Fe, man. Probably Santa Fe is pretty it. sweet. It's extremely it's expensive, but it's very nice. It's going to be the exact same price as it is here, yeah, pretty man. much. Honestly, yeah, yeah. So it's not going to be that. It's not going to be that big of a change nice, for me. That's the pl well, that's the plan, anyways. I want to get back. Get got to get back to the Southwest. Got to get uh, get get back into the desert. Heal my soul from all this mold that's accumulated <laughs> from living in the Pacific Northwest. Just kind of dry out for a while, you know. <laughs> Your lungs a break, man. Yeah, I got yeah, cause yeah, this is like this is as bad as Wuhan, man. I don't know what kind of coronavirus we're cooking in the Pacific Northwest, dude. There's a lot. <laughs> but uh yeah, man. We'll go ahead, sorry. Oh, I don't know. That's cool. I love that I love that you picked New Mexico. It's right on brand. Just like a random place, like no one's you know, everyone's like, Oh, I want to move to Denver, I wanna move to Phoenix. It's like, move to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Why on earth would you want to move to Phoenix? 
That How like dare such, you? That sounds like a life mistake. No, dude, DeMarco, this is where we now we immediately happy. Phoenix is a great city. Arizona is just Florida, but hotter and drier. <laughs> Bitch! What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would pick I would pick Arizona. Oh, I've never been to Florida, so I can't talk, but I'd take dry heat over freaking swamp heat. I probably would take Florida, man. I'd probably go. Well, no, I, no, I'd pick Arizona. No, nah, dry heat every time. Swamp no, I'd go Florida. Now. Florida. I did, did gators fishing. Uh, ooh, no, they have pythons there. Fuck that, dude. I'm out. <laughs> Florida's off the list now. Oh my god, dude, no. Oof. But then you can go like you eat frog legs and alligator and yeah, and in Arizona, which is imported. No, dude. I want it fresh, dog. In Arizona, we drove through this little town, and there's these old people riding their side-by-sides like down the street, just going to get groceries side-by-side, <laughs> Arizona. And like the summertime, they just, instead of the road, they just drive through like the dried-up riverbeds. <laughs> like there's so many tire tracks just in all of these dried riverbeds. It's so cool. I did I didn't. Around. I did not know that. Yeah, that. I probably would do that, too. There's something majestic about the desert, though, that I really, really love. I, I, I love, like, because um, we do a little a man's trip out to Arizona every year and uh, watch a little bit of springtime baseball, play some putt-putt golf, drink a lot of beer. And I think one of these days I would like to <clears> – <throat> get a place that's in the middle of nowhere you know just rent a car stock we're gonna we gotta rent a minivan or something stock up on the seats down yeah but this it just load up on beer and just go out to the middle of nowhere and and then we could drive golf balls biodegradable ones off into the desert you know that'd be fucking sick yeah it'd be a good time but yeah man i i um I have never been to Florida either. DeMarco, have you been to Florida? Uh, yeah, quite a bit, actually. My grandparents lived in Naples, and then I went there a lot for uh, bowl game trips, too. So I've spent a lot of time in, like, Orlando and Tampa, and uh, uh, not missing too much. Florida's pretty, though. The Everglades are really nice. I feel like, though, if I were going to do swampy heat, I'd just do Louisiana. Ooh. And just go find backwoods Cajun shit and just live there. That'd be more my style. I think I'd live in Miami. Yeah, you would. I feel like you would fit in Miami. Miami seems exhausting. Oh, I would love it. I would. There's like two risk factors. Like, there's a lot of cocaine down there, which is a little scary. So I'd have to stay away from that. But other than that, I think Miami would be. It's got good food, good beaches, pretty pretty people. Like, I think Miami would just be. I think that I think I would I would vibe with that. And collapsing buildings too. Great say, infrastructure. Like five years until it's underwater. Maybe you can move there when Elon Musk builds his tunnels underneath Miami below the water table. We'll He's doing that this. Listen, there will be no anti-Elon talk oh on God. this podcast. Is he, we will, is he building tunnels in Miami? Yeah, that was a thing. I'll have to find. I'll find the article and I'll put it in the show notes. But that came out last summer. That. The mayor, it was either the mayor of Miami or Rick DeSantis, the governor, both of them have like, they're actually have given the boring company, which is his tunnel building company, a contract to build like a series of traffic bypass tunnels in underneath Miami, 
which sounds great considering the water table in Miami is like, uh, what, five feet, maybe? It's a friggin' sandbar, you know? Yeah. Yeah. First Miami, and then he'll move on to uh, New Orleans. Yeah, right. (laughs) For whatever, for whatever. (laughs) We should probably, like, reevaluate something. So, like, honestly, like, New Orleans is under, below the sea level. Like, that's not a fucking great place to have a city. I mean, the entire country of the Netherlands is underneath, is under sea level, or most, like, 90% of it. So, it's doable. I did. I actually did not know that. Yeah, that's how. That's why they always talk about levees and dikes. There is because their entire, like the whole country, is like reclaimed li- land. What? What are you? What are you laughing about? It's just crazy. Yeah. No, it's that's for real. Like it's all because of just they have just a system of levees that pump the water or keep the levees or the water out and so that the country was able to like grow that's why there's such a powerful country in europe so wait but like with like what what are their plans with like global warming oh they're fucked they're fucked i mean everybody (laughs) is but like they they are going to be the first that at least i feel like it's like the netherlands and florida are the first to go oh no yeah Oh, that's going to be what? So there's just going to be a bunch of Dutch people like in, infused into like Germany and Dutch France and the Dutch. The, the, what, yeah, what happens to their gut? This is going to be fascinating. Hey, you know, global warming. It's going to be. Wait, I mean, the last but, week was fun when we had the heat dome. That was cool. Well, yeah. Well, there's, I guess, I guess there's another heat. We're not turning this into a bummer cast. Oh, this it's is always a, a bummer enough, cast. Life is, is a bummer a, cast, Rick. No, every time, this is why, DeMarco, you cannot get in, because you just pull me I'm down these roads. of the time. Exactly. <laughs> but I do need you to find me a paper about what the Dutch plan to do with global warming. Because oh, okay. I want to look at this. I'll look, for, I'll look for that. That's crazy. Thank you. Oh, that's insane. I never thought about that. <clears throat> Didn't know that. Learn something. Learn something new, folks. Welcome to the Rick's Mind Podcast. <laughs> now I'm going to be obsessed with this for oh, a few days. For I say, but like way back in the day when you said, like when you talk about the miners of intelligence, I thought they're like the, like the M-I-N-O-R-S, like they're like your pupils. <laughs> These are our children. <laughs> you miners. <laughs> it took a while to, to figure out that like you're mining like gold miners that was uh that was my middle school with was klondike middle school and we were the miners but it was spelled like someone who was gold mining and i always felt like it would be better if they did it like children it would have been way more funny i found i found though a uh, an answer to your question about what the dutch are planning to do okay it says uh so this is from uh climate change post it's uh, according to the most recent scenarios of the Royal Netherlands Meteorological Institute, sea level on the southern North Sea will be 25 to 80 centimeters higher in 2070 than in 1981. For 2100, an upper level of sea level rise is projected of 100 centimeters. In addition, the substance of the Dutch soil due to drainage and peatlands and areas reclaimed from the sea expansion of built up areas in the infrastructure network on soft soil and salt mining gas and gas extraction they'll continue up to several millimeters and locally even centimeters per year depending on the location so basically they're going to sink fast like the sea will rise through the land centimeters per year which is wild like you're talking like you could have a field of whatever you're growing tulips i guess 
and <laughs> the next year like it's an inch underwater and then a year later it's another inch underwater well it's not going to be able to grow no. i mean if you look at because this is a big problem for um oh no ooh <sighs> Ancient Mesopotamia, first civilization, they spoke Mesopotamian? No, 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 no. They're the the name of the... Huh? English? No, Epic of Gilgamesh type people. Give me a second. Is it Aramaic? No, it's definitely not Aramaic. Give me 30 seconds. One second. I'm going to... Let me think. Spanish? Spanish. No, shut up. (laughs) It was definitely Lebanese. (laughs) Ain't the Sumerians? Sumerian, there okay, it is. yeah. So ancient Sumeria, um, they the reason part of the reason their civilization fell is that they would pump water or irrigate water from the Tigris and the Euphrates River, and over uh, that they they existed for around I think a thousand years. Pull that up. I could be bullshitting there, sure. but um, and. There's these, these, both these rivers have a lot of salt in them. Like it's, it's potable water, but over time, their crops weren't able to grow as well because there were massive salt deposits. And this is still a problem in Baghdad today. It was was actually 3,000 years. Yeah. So over 3,000 years of them irrigating this river, the only thing that would grow eventually was barley because barley is really resistant to this. But when, when the soil gets to a certain point, they're fucked. Right. And that's, that's kind of why their civilization fell. It's almost like man can't control nature. Man. Yeah, so so I'm saying it, it, that this is going to have massive implications, especially if the sea's coming up from the ground, right? Like, I mean, I mean, we're seeing that here right now in the Klamath River, River Basin in south, south Central Oregon, where when did they build that dam, that Klamath River project? That was maybe 100 years ago to divert water from the Klamath River to irrigate the desert and turn it into farmland. And now that we're in a, an actual mega drought, everybody's complaining that there's no water and it's like, well, there was never water there in the first place. You lived in a desert. It's, you know, sorry, not sorry. You know, and all the salmon populations are suffering because they keep diverting water oh, nope. away from and waterways. We're done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> we're Nope. We're not doing this. <laughs> we're not so, doing it. <clears throat> this isn't, this isn't ne- negative, but it's just a reality. But, but like, no, like the way we do things is going to have to drive, is, is going to change because you re- like look at the Willamette Valley with how many hazelnut farms there are, or it's just rows upon rows. It's erosion like after erosion after erosion. Of hazelnut trees. Mm-hmm. And those trees, like grass grew there. Like it's, it used to be floodplain of the Willamette River, but now that you're planting a monocrop of literally hundreds of thousands of, of nut trees that need a lot of irrigation. So like that's not a good way to do things. Like I had talked to a dude last year and his grandpa like he used to have a berry farm. He didn't just grow blueberries, right? He grew blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, and elderberries. Mm-hmm. And just had a really diverse crop. It wasn't just one thing because that's, you know, oh, that grows well here and that can we can sell it for a lot of money. Like the cornfields in the future are not gonna be a thing. Like you're gonna have to figure out a way to like it's all it's all part of the archaic revival where we're we're getting back to nature and how like things were done through billions of years of evolution where you can't just grow one crop in a huge area you have to figure out how like there's people in the desert speaking of the desert that are like growing these like permaculture gardens where they're able to grow fruit trees and like very low water uh, use in these little gardens because of the way they plant different 
like drought tolerant plants. They create like little microclimates based on the like size and type and like spacing of different plants. So it's like all this stuff that you know our ancestors did for thousands of years is going to have to come back. Not to it, not to mention too, hazelnuts are one of the worst crops because of water usage, and then also they. I, I don't know this why this is a thing, but traditionally you don't plant anything underneath the hazelnut. You don't even let like wild grasses grow. You keep it bare dirt. So uh, bare dirt and wind just equal erosion. Like we've like w- we've talked about this on the show. What is it? There's there's like uh, at pace now like forty years of arable s- soil left, and then yes. that's it. You know. So so I actually do actually have some hazelnut farmers that are my friends and hey. the reason the reason they do this it's a fucking cash crop and sure. it's all it all stems from uh hershey they're the largest hazelnut produce like consumer right and they can't get enough of them sure now i think that i my personal like i think it's kind of bullshit I'm like well humans are really good like oh there's money in this like Boom, we'll figure it out. You'll be able to meet this. I think we'll eventually meet the demand and it won't be as lucrative, right? But <clears throat> I mean, the hazelnut, I don't, I didn't, I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware of uh, that you were paying attention to the these a lot of hazelnut farms, Scott. Like, this is fantastic because I have this is I've recently in the past. 10 to 15 years there has been a shit ton it takes i think seven to ten years for the the trees to mature which is also yeah. part of the problem but mm-hmm. the, the, another problem is they don't last uh for but pull this up i feel like you're only gonna it's only gonna be viable for like 50 years and i could be full of shit so no, pull that one yeah up. you're right any uh, any like plantation like tree plantation or orchard like they have a a useful lifespan about like 40, 40 years for hazelnuts okay which is crazy okay. considering there are malice trees that are producing apples still from hundreds of years ago yeah and like the hazelnuts like they'll still produce nuts but it won't be like at the level that they need for like maximum you know profitability or I mean, it's, it's hard to not notice hazelnut farms if you spent any amount of time in the willamette valley outside of a city you drive five minutes and you'll see at least two hazelnut fields or like I one uh I shoot real estate photography I shot a was like a 50 acre hazelnut farm like I had to go I had to shoot drone photos of it and I had to get to about my like FAA ceiling that I could go with a drone to be able to fit the property in one frame it's insane the amount and like Oregon grows something some overwhelming percentage like 80 plus percent of the world's hazelnuts Yes, that's 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 true, man. It's it's absolutely it's absolutely wild, wild times. <clears throat> I didn't. I wasn't expecting to go down a hazelnut rabbit hole. I'm yeah. I'm I'm, I'm actually I'm actually excited we did. I'm actually excited we did because I I definitely can get access to that information. But a, a that lot would of the be interesting to have a hazelnut farmer on. We kind of already did. Did we? We had a we had a professional bull, bull, the bull, the bull, the bull rider. Was a hazelnut farmer. Oh, yeah, he's okay. a hazelnut okay. farmer. Okay. He's he does he's got his hands. He's a he's a farmer of a lot. He's a a farmer he's a of cowboy of trades, many trades. Yeah. yeah, he's the cowboy of many trades. Maybe we'll have to have him back on here. Yeah, have to have Scott and him get into a debate. No, I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, brother, uh, that's that's all the time we have for today, what? dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep. 
I want to keep you in the loop. But as soon as you finish your 50 mile or we'll have you back in, I want to know what that, what that kind of, or the 50 K, I want to know what that kind of pain is about. And then I'm pretty sure the listeners will write in and they'll, they'll encourage you to, to do the, the Bigfoot 200. <laughs> sure. And we'll document it. And then you can write for the church of the chubby and it'll be glorious. You can write about your experiences. It'll be beautiful. Amen. Hey, man, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. What, what episode is this? This is 41, 41 baby. 40, yeah. It took me 41 episodes to get me. Yep, it took it's me It's an four, exclusive 41. list. You must be uh, scraping the barrel to get guests. <laughs> <laughs> You're 40, 40, episode 40. And you know what? 41 is my favorite number, my friend. So this is a special oh. one for you. Shoot. Well, That's right. appreciate it. I thought this was your first coming in, but I thought you had me for your inaugural podcast. I don't, I don't, I don't like you that much, dude. No, <laughs> Anyways, brother, you have a good one. And, and uh, folks, stay curious. Keep eating hazelnuts. And uh, if, you're, if you're listening to uh, these words from the Netherlands, you're fucked, man. Your country's screwed. You, you, you need don't to buy move. a canoe. We'll get immigrate. through it all together. We'll canoe our way out of global warming. Immigrate, immigrate to the land of uh, the probably the Midwest is going to be your safest bet because uh, if there's a vol- there's a volcano, a giant caldera in Yellowstone, and if that if that goes off, we're all dead. But you'll have a better chance of surviving if you're in the Midwest. So I think that that might be the safest the safest place for you. So start building a space canoe. Build the space canoe. Maybe build a spaceship. I don't know. Iceland could be good if you're Greenland. If you could get in there, um, so I mean, you're 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 Dutch. So I don't. Maybe think not you're, Iceland. You're, Iceland will probably be underwater. It's not that high of altitude. Oh shit! It's okay, so like, you gotta stay away high, from... Like a mountain peak in Iceland is like a thousand hmm. feet. You know what? I've I've just go to go to Chile or Argentina. You're gonna have to learn another if the, language. If Chile or Argentina doesn't slide into the ocean first from earthquakes. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and revamp that. Japan's fucked because they're having a whole new... Actually, and there's a fire in the Gulf of Mexico, too. Yeah, it's burning. the ocean's <laughs> on fire now. So maybe like central Alaska. That might be kind yeah. of temperate by that point. In the Brooks Mountain Range, that's that's where you should go. My I friend. don't know. They did. They just just set a, a Canadian record for 121 degrees over the weekend in uh, British Columbia. So, uh, but you're it, further it, north than that. Alaska might be might be a little toasty maybe, okay maybe baffin uh, island baffin island maybe shut up demarco <laughs> let me talk there's, to this person there's a few good like underwater cities but you have to know the right people <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes you need to you All could if before well the the atlanteans do not like the the dutch so <laughs> listen my dear my dear 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 <laughs> Dear, dear, dear Dutch friend, I've thought long and hard. So it's either United States, Midwest, possibly Alaska, or you could really get gangster and just move to China because they might take over the world. And that way there, you'll be safe. <laughs> I think we've got it. I think we did it. So that's, that's the official endorsement. If you want to survive global warming, move to China. Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. And buy prison stocks. And that is, oh, those are stock tips. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, yeah. That is, that is financial advice, and it is free. So oh, continue to buy those prison stocks. Please don't kill us, FTC. That's, this is Rick's mind. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>